good morning. We're going to put up on the screen the intentional Christmas slide, and uh, thanks so much, media team. They're doing a great job. Apologize for the screens going in and out on you. They're doing a lot back there. Welcome to Southridge for our Christmas Eve service. I'm telling you what, our cuteness factor just went up a whole lot more because of your kids. I'm telling you what, there's some pretty adorable kids. Um, I don't know what's up with my son Austin on the end of the tan sweater. He just has that resting angry face, that just mad face. Some of you are like, oh, is he upset? Has he had a bad morning? No, that's just kind of him. He's just kind of, you know, just uh, mad at the world. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking, you know, I'm five. What have I accomplished in my life so far? You know, just something like that. But uh, so that your kids, though, are just too cute, too adorable, and uh, just kind of cool to just see them up there. Now, this time of year, when you think about it, um, it's about a lot of things, right? I mean, Christmas is about hope, hope that, man, Things are going to be better next year or hope that things can change or hope that maybe you will change or hope that that other person may change. Or there's this season is about peace. It's about love. It's also about joy. And it's interesting that there's no other season that has a bigger buildup than Christmas. I mean, think about it. I mean, some of us, we've kind of seen a little bit of Valentine's Day decorations hiding around some like end caps and a couple stores. But for the most part, you know, it's kind of uh, all about Christmas. And then Easter gets a kind of a big buildup. Easter does all right. Uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Memorial Day, and um, 4th of July, not so much of a buildup. And then you kind of hit Halloween, and we do kind of get a much bigger buildup than you get Thanksgiving. But there's no buildup quite as big as Christmas, is there? And it's interesting because it's almost like there's this spirit in the air of anticipation, like it's coming. It's kind of like the roller coaster. You know, a roller coaster, if you took away that click, 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 it would not be, your heart would not pump nearly as fast. I mean, it's just that, that click that you know it's coming, that you know there's going to be a drop here. And for some of us, anticipation is what it's all about. My kids haven't been able to sleep for the last couple of days. Why? Anticipation is building. I mean, they see a stocking, they see a Christmas gift, or they see me come back home with some bags from Toys R Us, and all of a sudden, they're like, man, the anticipation is just going through the roof. And then here's the great thing about being a kid. Your anticipation matches what actually happens. But for us adults, the anticipation doesn't match what actually happens. I mean, come on, ladies, you're hoping that one day, one Christmas, underneath the tree is going to be a, a little light blue box and it's from Tiffany's, and, and, and you anticipate it and it never happens. You're just like, oh, another year, not going to happen. And, and guys, come on, we're hoping that inside of one of our presents or one of our stockings is keys to a brand new uh, a car or that Harley we want. We're just like, man, one of these days, there's this anticipation, but then there's what? actually happens and there's some disappointment in between i think jimmy kimball does a great job summing how we feel about this season when he asked a bunch of parents to prank their kids and so just in the spirit of christmas let's go ahead and watch this clip video Here's short one video you get to open for christmas merry christmas Deodorant. 
it. Keeps your armpits her. smelling good. She's gonna get hair. Are you happy? Do you like your Christmas present? I <laughs> What? What is it? Well, why'd you throw it on the floor? It's a Barbie! You broke my heart. Hey! It's from Santa, huh? It's from Santa. Next time you write to Santa. If you want to open it, go ahead. Hopefully they got it right. They screwed it up? It's supposed to be Hester. Christmas Day, Santa will bring you a car. <laughs> oh, what's the matter? Don't you like broccoli? kids that's just exactly what I'd do yeah it's amazing this season we can almost get jaded because there's this anticipation but then what actually happens just there's not alignment and so what can typically happen is we come to this season and all of a sudden instead of having the experience of joy and the excitement we can sense this great disappointment and it seems like the older we get, the, the less things tend to match up. So it's almost like, why get our hopes up and why anticipate? Because it's not going to match what we really hope would happen. And so sometimes we can even come to a Bible verse. And we come to the Christmas story. 
You know, come on, I, I mean, you're here in church, and most of us are familiar with it, and especially Luke chapter number two, the story of Jesus coming to this earth. Let me just read a couple of verses just to give us a little bit of a backdrop, because there's one verse in verse 10 that I think is one of those verses where we're just like, come on, really? I don't know. The anticipation is just, it's not going to work out. So notice what the Bible says in verse number one. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire world should be taxed. We're going to put this up on the screen so you all can follow along or you have your Bible. And just uh, we're in verse number one. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire inhabitants earth should be taxed. This taxation was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own city to be taxed. So Joseph also departed from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, in Judea because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So while they were there, the day came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse number 8. And in the same area, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very afraid. And the angel said to them, listen, do not fear. And I could almost stop there and almost like say, hey, that verse right there just kind of sums up this season. Because maybe you're in that season where you're just like, I'm a little bit afraid what's going to happen next year. I'm a little bit afraid over my job, or I'm a little bit afraid about what's going to happen with my relationship. There's some things in your life, and all of a sudden, the word you need to hear this morning is, don't be afraid. So much is happening, so much is building up inside of you, and the angels, they say to these shepherds, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. And I love this story, but honestly, I get to verse number 10, and I kind of think that, hey, this is a big anticipation. Will my anticipation be disappointed when this actually doesn't happen? Because how many Christmases have you gone through? How many many Christmas seasons have you gone through where all of a sudden you said, hey, this is supposed to be about joy. It's supposed to be about family and happiness. And this Christmas, I'm more discouraged. I'm more depressed. I'm more down than ever before. How can there be hope for all men? How can there be great joy? And then I love how the angel goes on in verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, what is this joy? This deep joy that they're talking about. You see, joy is something that can't be taken. It can only be given. And God looked down and he said, hey, I have something so valuable and so precious. I want to give it. And so he gives us this gift of great joy. I want to put up on the screen this next little phrase. You see, joy is not incidental. It's intentional. You see, too often we look at joy as something that, hey, if I get the new car or, hey, if this happens, then guess what? Joy is going to be fulfilled. I'm going to be happy because my joy is wrapped up in the incidentals. Or maybe I'll get engaged or maybe that new job will happen. But joy is not in what's incidental. Joy is in what's intentional. You see, joy is a decision. It's something you choose. It's not what happens to you. It's what you decide. And so this year, you can decide that, you know what? I might get what I want. I may not. That person may treat me right. They may not. But you know what? 
I'm making the decision. I'm choosing to have joy. That I'm choosing to be calm in a crisis. That even though I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going through a difficult process, I'm going to choose peace. So it's not incidental. It's intentional. You see, joy is not in things. It's in a person. He says, for unto you. He's talking about this joy, this joy that you're looking for. It's for unto you. This joy is wrapped up in Jesus. That literally, there's Jesus and then there's joy. The two are connected. And if you don't have Jesus, then you're missing your joy. The two are connected. You need them both. How is your joy this morning? And really, it's connected with Jesus. Once you have the two, then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how how things go this Christmas season. Because joy is not incidental. It's intentional. But then, I love the word that they use. The angel says that this is going to be great joy. The word great is an interesting word. It's literally the word that means megas. It's where we get our word mega from. You see, the angels are saying, hey, the joy that you're going to have isn't just a normal joy. This is like a mega joy. This is going to be incredible. You ever had one of those people that they are just like the hype person? That they just really hype everything up? And you're like, please, don't hype up this movie because it's never going to match my expectation, okay? You're hyping up this. You're, you're just, everything is bigger and better, but it never really lives up to it. So, so... In this passage, it's almost like, no, I'm not going to give in to the hype. But it's not hype when it's hope. And so here he's saying there's this joy. And he's saying it's not incidental, but also he goes on to um, to let us know it's not just incredible. This is an invincible joy because Jesus is our joy. In this same passage, we come to verse number 12. The Bible says, and suddenly the angels began to sing. Have you ever, I mean... Sometimes rarely happens, but ever felt so good, just felt like singing? I mean, come on, think about the places you sing. You sing in your car, in the shower. You sing when maybe you've had a few too many, you start singing. Or at karaoke, you sing. And then maybe church, you sing. But when was the last time you just spontaneously just broke out because you were just so happy? You're just like, I'm just singing. Any of you have that family member that they just spontaneously will sing? I've got that family member. Where they just spontaneously, we'll just be sitting talking about whatever, Thanksgiving, this happened. We're all just talking about sports, life, and all of a sudden, I look over at my other brother, and he's just singing. And I just kind of stop, and he's looking into a fire, and he's kind of like a Bing Crosby moment, a little throwback, you know? And he's just singing, and he's dreaming of a way. And I'll just stop, because it was like, what you singing for, man? Like, you really happy? And he he just break out into song. You see, the Bible says that suddenly these angels, and we think it's like they just showed up. No, no. Can you imagine such a joy that you just can't even contain that kind of a joy? That it's so inside of you. It's just gotta come out. That's the type of joy that Jesus is talking about here. It's this joy that nothing can contain it. Nothing can hold it in. You're like, I just gotta sing. You see, the reason we sing in our cars in the shower because we don't want anybody to hear us. But I'm telling you, this joy was something that they wanted everybody to hear about. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't know. My joy is tied to something or my joy is tied to someone. And if your joy is tied to something and to someone, you will always lose your joy. Because that someone can disappoint you. That something is going to be gone. I mean, think about it. All of our stuff is in a process of becoming obsolete. It's in a process. I mean, think about it. Think about it. The last time you bought an appliance for your kitchen, 
Man, you got all excited about that, that new wave, little microwave thing, and you bought that. And, man, the, the original, the, that new appliance, it had a place of prominence. You wanted everybody to know, look what I got. You know, that latest gadget, the Cuisinart, or you maybe you got a KitchenAid thing, or maybe you got a, a Vitamixer. Man, it's got that place of prominence. But you notice, as you get newer stuff, you don't throw away the old stuff. It just gets pushed into a cupboard. And if I were to open up your cupboard, I bet I would find a graveyard of all your old appliances that still work, mind you. They're just not as new, hip, or cool. Why? Because everything you own and I own is in a process of breaking and becoming less valuable. So if our joy is tied to a thing, even a car, it's in the process of becoming less valuable. Or a person. Come on, look at how moody you are. You're going to tie your joy to somebody else? I mean, you know yourself, and you know you're like this, right? We fake it till we make it, but man, now you're going to tie your joy to another person who's just as crazy as you? That's crazy, all right? But unless we tie our joy to something deeper that's rooted in something more profound, we'll be missing out. I want to show you a quick video that I think will highlight my point really well. Let's show this. Do you remember the thing that you loved the most when you were a kid? If you're my age, that thing might be a Star Wars toy. Or if you're a little bit younger, it might be an American Girl doll or a Ninja Turtle. But in 1985, when I was 10 years old, the thing that I loved more than anything else in the whole wide world was my bicycle. I mean, a bicycle is freedom to a 10-year-old, right? I used to ride mine down to the park, to the arcade, to the store for my mom. But on this particular day, I was on my way to my friend Philip's house. It was the day before the annual neighborhood Christmas Eve bicycle race. And like I said, I rode my bicycle everywhere. So I was a shoe-in for first place. Everything was going great that Christmas. Until... Hello, Kilroy. Oh, Kilroy. He was the bane of my existence. His dad owned the car repair shop where my dad worked, so that made him think he was better than me and everyone else, and he never missed an opportunity to remind us. Nice bike. This, this is your bike, isn't it? Looks like you stole it from a girl. Go away, Kilroy. Fine, but before I go, I thought I'd tell you. I overheard my parents talking this morning, and... Not too sure your dad has a job much longer. What? You heard me, Alan. Your dad isn't competent enough to work at my dad's shop. So he's being let go. That's not true, you liar. I suppose it was inevitable. Don't really know why my dad hired such a dense mechanic in the first place. My dad works hard. So does a mule. <laughs> hey! You scuzz! Good luck at the race tomorrow, loser! He was a scuzz. Kilroy cut the brakes. Again? Again. We would meet at Philip's house for two reasons. The one we told him was that his mom made the best cookies. The one we didn't tell him was that his sister was a goddess. Hi. Sweet! We need to hit that jerk back! 
Maybe we could chase him into an alley, stuff him in a dumpster, lock it, and then just leave. For how long? Forever. We can manage it. Him and that stupid bike. He thinks he's so cool piling around on it. He's been talking about that he's going to win the Christmas race for months. Of course! That's how we'll knock him down! Alan! Just beat him at the race! I can't win the race. Kilroy broke my bike. It's scrap. That's terrible. Then, Philip got an idea. An awful idea. Philip got a wonderful, awful idea. I got it. So, you know how Kilroy's dad works with mine, right? Right. Well, he does. And my dad told my mom that Kilroy's getting a new bike for Christmas. And his dad's keeping it at the shop so he wouldn't find it. So? So? What if we steal it? Um, no, that's terrible. Guys, we're not doing it. But, no! Looks like your dad is here, Chuck. Chuck was an uncommonly decent and kind human being. I never heard him say a cross word about anybody. But when I realized that he never talked about his own family, I got a little worried. I'll see you fellas later. We're totally stealing that bike.
success. I had done it. I was going to beat Kilroy in the race on his own bike. It had a poetic justice to it. All I had to do was keep it hidden until morning. Chuck, what are you doing here? I'm dropping off your Christmas present. I didn't know you'd be up. It didn't get you anything. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I normally say wait till Christmas, but here. It's a new brake cable, so we can fix your bike instead of stealing... Kill Roy's bike! Now, Chuck, calm down. that bike, Chuck. You don't just go around stealing people's presents. I need one for the race tomorrow. This is going to ruin his Christmas. Yeah, and he was going to ruin mine. He broke my bike, Chuck. My bike. So I took his. I can't be happy without it. Sure you can. Don't tell me what to do, Chuck. You're wrong. Well, at least you have a bike. I don't even have one. And, uh, 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 what? A dad who's willing to teach you. You never learned how to ride a bike? No, my dad never taught me. Well, maybe he would have if you weren't such a good at two shoes. <sighs> Ellen, I'm not going to tell anybody, but I really wish you wouldn't have done that. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and that you enjoyed my present. I should have apologized right there. But do you ever have one of those moments where you just can't speak? Because you're angry at yourself. The next morning wasn't any better. I should have been ecstatic. I was about to beat my arch nemesis in a blaze of glory. But I couldn't stop thinking about last night. I had been mean to my best friend. And we were never mean to each other. I should have been happy, but I wasn't. And I had no idea why. Maybe I did. Too bad. 
But in some weird, opposite-day kind of a way, giving Chuck the thing that I loved the most became the most beautiful thing in the world. Joy can be a little complicated sometimes. See, I thought Kilroy had stolen my joy. But Chuck helped me realize joy can't be taken. It can only be given. greatest gift to you and I, and it's in his son, Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have joy this morning. The joy that you're looking for is not going to be wrapped up in a gift. It's not going to be delivered to you with a big bow on it. It's not going to be in a person changing. The joy that you so desperately want is found in Jesus. And this season, you can have him. Because the Bible's verse says, for unto you is born. It's for you. You see, the greatest present is his presence in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I pray that you would help us as we go into this Christmas day, that you would help us to remember it's not about what's wrapped up in a tree or how much we spend on something or what somebody's going to give us, or what somebody's going to say about us, or do for us. It's about you. Joy can't be stolen. But too often we're guilty of just giving away our joy. We're guilty of just letting it go. We're guilty of letting the anticipation of the season outpace us. And so nothing can live up to our expectation. Help us to remember that there is a great joy that's for all people that you are giving us that joy that is found in your son, Jesus. You didn't want us to go through life without this joy, without this gift. You wanted us to have you. So help us. Help us, Father, in these next few moments to create this quiet space where we can invite you into our hearts, invite you into our lives so that we can hear from you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to transition into our service because joy is something that we get to give. We get to spread. We get to share. And many of us have bought gifts for other people. And for you, the anticipation of this evening or tomorrow is seeing the look in that person's eye as they unwrap that gift, seeing the smile on their face. It's sharing something that you've worked for and thought about with somebody else. At this time, we're going to have our candlelight ceremony. I'm going to ask our ushers to come to the front. And what they're going to do is they're going to light the candles on the end. And then you'll light the person next to you. But let me pray before we do that. Dear Lord, thank you so much 
that we have a joy that we can share, that we can spread. Help us to remember that we can tell others about this joy, that this is a special kind of joy. This is a joy that no matter what's going on around us or who's in office or what we see on the news or what happens in our homes, nothing can affect the joy that we have. Help us to have a resilient joy and help us to share it with those around us. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.